Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. I'm Janet Emanuel speaking for the Yale Office of Public Affairs, and today I'm speaking with Anissa Ramirez, a material scientist who's a professor of mechanical engineering at Yale. She's developed a program called Science Saturdays to engage kids of all ages in the fun of science. Tell us a little bit about Science Saturdays, um, what your inspiration for the program was, how it works, who comes. Well, Science Saturdays is a very simple model. Uh, what we try and do is we try and bring great communicators of science to the general public. Now, we were fortunate there was an earlier incarnation of Science Saturdays called World of Science that used to exist at Yale. And, but it had a different thrust. It was actually targeted towards uh, gifted and talented high schoolers and was sort of used as a model to kind of engage them to want to come to Yale. Uh, that program has since uh, died off and there was an opportunity for it to be resurrected. And I took the mantle but decided to change its parameters so that uh, it was open to everyone and uh, an opportunity for us to open up our doors at Yale to show the general public how we do science and not target it just for high schoolers, but to target it to target the uh, lectures for seventh graders and up. And also we have demonstrations that are for kids of all ages. So we decided to change the thrust to, to make it fun, to make it open uh, for the general public. So I know that kids of all ages show up from parents to to the high schoolers and middle schoolers that are the primary targets, and even to younger children who are asking, can I come, can I come? What kinds of topics are there that uh, are presented, and what kind of demonstrations or things can the, the participants actually play with? Well, the Science Saturdays model is based on what we call the three Ds. That is demonstrations, donuts, and dynamic speakers. And each one of those entices people to come for different reasons. Uh, the topics of the talks uh, range from how to see a black hole by a scientist who's actually found one and had one named after him, uh, to how uh, dinosaurs and birds are interrelated, and topics of all different types of thrusts from uh, tissue engineering to astronomy to evolutionary bi biology. Uh, the topics, uh, I have to say personally, we're not so interested in the topic, but we're more interested in having a dynamic communicator of science. So if I had a choice between having four Saturdays in a row, all in astronomy, but the speakers are all great, I would choose that over a diversity of topics. Uh, that's really our mantra, to have great communicators of science. And for those who come, uh, well, we say there are people who can't walk from both ends of the spectrum. We have very young people who come, and we have very senior people who come. Uh, we say that this is for kids of all ages because we have families, but then we also have what we call unattended adults, that is, adults that just come without any children just to uh, see these lectures. And um, it's been a hit. In a lot of ways, people have come and asked for more Science Saturdays. Uh, as I uh, tried to mention that um, they are for the four Saturdays in April. And I try and mention to these people that, you know, I'd like to have a Saturday to myself as well. So although there's a need or a desire for more, uh, we do limit it to April and to October because it takes a little bit of time to put together and also uh, to make the event a little bit more special. I've always been a science uh, fan all of my life and have always uh, had a leaning towards not only formal science but also informal science even through graduate school. So I've always had that particular leaning. And this opportunity unfolded uh, when I was developing, uh, a, when I was writing a grant for NSF 
And part of the grant requires what they call bro broader impact, which is uh, how are you going to disseminate this information to the general public? And in that exercise of developing what program I wanted to generate, I had to think about what one individual could create. So as you were working on your grant proposal and realizing that you needed to create this, um, this segment of dis disseminating to the general public, what were your inspirations in coming up with this particular program? Well, as I said um, uh, moments ago that, you know, I really believe in the hands-on approach, but the basic core for why I'm interested in this is that I've always been a science fan. You know, my heroes are Bill Nye, the science guy, uh, MacGyver, Morris from Mission Impossible, and I also love the show 321 Contact. And so all I was trying to convey was uh, the passion that I have for science to children so that they can also perhaps get excited about science as well. And I found that these kinds of forums that I love from public television were able to provide that for me, and so I was just trying to provide something like that for children as well, locally. And so our what I had envisioned was to have a lecture series where I would just kind of entice some friends to give a talk from time to time, and my level of success was about 50 people per lecture. I thought that that would be very significant if we were able to do that. Well, from the first lecture, we had over 100 people, and that's nominally our baseline of 100. Sometimes we get attendees or an attendance rate of over 250, and that's when topics are related to dinosaurs. Anything related to dinosaurs is going to really make those numbers soar, and uh, we have to use overflow rooms, and we have babies, and it's really chaotic, but it's a very popular topic with, among children. And as I mentioned, we're based on the 3Ds, uh, which is the, the demonstrations, the donuts, and the dynamic speakers. Each one of those things entices people for different reasons. Uh, we generate lots of demonstrations which are presented by undergraduate students because we believe that they're a better role model than a professor. I'm not that up in age, but I guess relative to a seventh grader I might be. So we really try and make someone who's a little closer in age uh, to do the demonstrations. And these demonstrations uh, are hands-on because of all of the research that comes from the National Resources Science Center, from Berkeley, the Smithsonian, and also just from the old saying that, you know, if you tell me, I'll forget. If you show me, I may remember, but if you involve me, I'll understand. So we really try and put a hands-on approach to these things. And we give away a lot of uh, demonstrations. And uh, we've given away pounds and pounds of shaped memory wires, UV-coated beads, uh, and, and, and anything that we can get that we think will take a child's imagination and, and allow them to think more about science. And although some of the uh, demonstrations have been repeated over and over again, uh, they don't seem stale yet because people will come and bring a friend that hadn't seen them the last time, and they'll use it as an opportunity to explain it to their friend. And so we see that uh, learning is happening at, at all stages. When you can explain this uh, scientific phenomena to a friend of the same age, then we really know that we've made an impact. That's great. That's really direct feedback. What other kinds of feedback have you gotten from participants? Well, we're still in the process of generating some quantitative data because we, we have some ideas of how to grow this material, so we need to get some quantitative data. But one of the best anecdotes that I've heard was from a mother who told me that the first Science Saturdays that she was bringing her children to, it took you know the general uh, process of waking them up and getting to, them to shower and put their clothes on. It was just drudgery. But the following Science Saturdays, they were up and ready to go. And 
as hard as we know it is to get children to go anywhere on a Saturday morning, I, I would take that as the largest endorsement that I've heard. <laughs> That's a great endorsement. Um, and I've also heard from a father who uh, uh, always wanted to be a scientist, who he's, he continuously comes and continuously asks for, them, for, their, for us to have 52 Science Saturdays. And once again, I always have to implore that he can look at the streaming video any weekend he likes, but he has to give us uh, some time for us to do our other jobs as well. That's great. Where, um, so this is a program now that you have had about 20 different scientists present their materials. Where has the support for the program come from? Where's the support coming from? Uh, some of it is coming from NSF. Some of it initially was coming from uh, the dean's office from the Faculty of Engineering and in its inception. Uh, it, since it has grown and uh, has been identified by Yale as a, one of its significant outreach programs, the provost has actually supplied us with a significant uh, amount of money so that we are solvent and able to do some creative things and grow and involve undergraduates and, and uh, generate iTunes, so there's a, there's a lot of room for space uh, to grow, and they've also provided some administrative support, so there's a huge uh, support coming from the provost office, which is making this so much easier because uh, this was essentially myself doing this program uh, around this time, uh, which is around spring break where I was incredibly busy trying to put this program together on myself, by myself and, and fielding phone calls uh, from parents of from all over the Connecticut. Now I don't have to do that so much. We actually have some assistance. Now you've gotten a, um, a wider audience even than the Science Saturdays because I know that the programs are broadcast on Connecticut Public Access and um, that schools can have available to them CDs of the, the, diff- the different programs so that they can use them for teaching or just for having availability. Do you have other things planned for ways of getting Science Saturdays out to the public? Yeah, uh, we always have ideas for growth for Science Saturdays. So we do have these DVDs uh, going out to schools, and the schools are not just local, the greater New Haven area. Our, our DVDs are going to libraries from as far as Missouri to Florida. Uh, we also will have we also have streaming video, and so we know we have a global presence because we can collect that data. And we're envisioning making iTunes uh, type of podcasts as well. Uh, we want to see how we can do that best to capture both the visual and the audio component of these lectures. But we definitely have some reason for growth, and, and we've been connected with uh, various different museums that link to us as well, so we know that we have some greater uh, um, dissemination paths. That's really exciting. Um, So this is something, this is that little seed that was planted that's really grown into quite a tree. And uh, it sounds like it's growing yet further into a forest. I I have to say that it's beyond my imagination that Science Saturdays has grown this big. I thought that I would be able to sustain 50 people and occasionally uh, occasionally have people visit. But Science Saturdays has kind of taught me what it needed to be, and it's taught, it, it's taught me that it actually really wants to grow. And it, it fits right into the models that, uh, um, for outreach. It's a very simple model. Uh, you also asked me what kind of um, ideas or growth that we have. Because we stick to the simple model of just keeping great communicators of science, we're in the process of trying to franchise this to other universities as well, because we think that it's a very simple model that can be translated to other uh, universities quite easily. 
And once we established great, great communicators of science in these different schools, we can sort of have an exchange program or exchange the different uh, streaming videos. And you did ask earlier, how do we determine a great communicator of science? Well, we, I do a little bit of homework. I actually go and visit people who have been identified to be good communicators of science and just chat with them and see if they really get it. It ends up that sometimes people who have children are pretty good at doing, are pretty good at, at communicating to younger audiences. We also solicit, uh, sort of secretly, undergraduates who are very great, who are good lecturers and can kind of determine who are the great communicator of science this way. And also there's some buzz for lots of, lots of them. So that's sort of how we select the great communicators of science as well. Excellent. So thank you for um, using the imperative of the grant that you were writing to create, to use your own creativity to inspire the creativity of younger and older generations. Thank you. It's been a great opportunity. I feel fortunate to steward such a program.